Tainer Skin and the Eco Defenders, Book 2, Tell It to Future Generations, Chapter 50. This had all started with a report being delivered to Ravel's camp that a giant iron ore mine within the confines of the basin was causing massive deforestation, pollution, and was infringing on impinging on land owned by the natives of the area. Ravel recalled the Million Paw March that had been undertaken three-quarters of a century earlier in 1903. For good reason, though, it seemed to him as if it had occurred only a few weeks in the past. Since the mine was vastly enormous, Ravel felt a similar campaign would be impressive. It would attract more and more supporters, and the results of it would be made known far and wide. A precedent set there would be an example to the good and a warning to the despoilers. Consulting with some of the local animals about what he would need in order to make the trek, Ravel was advised by them. While traversing the rainforest, as long as you take along a machete, you can live on the three P's, pineapples, passion fruit, and palm oil. Pizza, poison, and palm olive? Yuck, yuck, asked. Maybe she had misheard the advice or hadn't been paying close attention. Or, and this is more likely, she might have been trying to crack a joke. No, that's not exactly what I said, but palm olive does contain palm and olive oil, replied Freddy the fungus beetle. Be sure you watch out for the stink birds, someone warned. You mean Hotsons? Scarlet asked. Yes, we all just call them stink birds, though, another forest dweller said. They ferment their food in their guts when they belch. No matter what you do, don't poke them in the belly, the first one advised us all. That makes them belch? No, if you do that, they sing opera. What? Sure, you can tell by the look on their face that's what they would do if you poked them. What do you mean by that? The caterwauling of opera singers sounds like a stink bird that has been poked in the belly with a hat pin. How can you tell? I've never heard a stink bird sing at all. Like I said, you can tell what they would sound like from the look on their face. If you poke them in the belly with a hat pin, watch out. They will launch into that infamously irritating caterwauling and wailing otherwise known as opera singing. I don't know whether any of that was factual or if it was merely conjecture. Mind-bogglingly enough, some people with less experience and taste than I have claim to actually enjoy opera singing, so caveat emptor or whatever. As for me, I prefer howling along with mounted music, such as bluegrass and such. Anyway, word was passed by means of the birds and the howler monkeys, and the second million paw march commenced. The troop of volunteers grew steadily larger and larger, to the point that the jaguars and ocelots and spectacled bears and bush dogs and lizards and other mammals and reptiles as well as insects, trudging, tramping, crawling, and slithering along the forest floor, could be heard for miles. Adding to the din were the monkeys swinging and leaping from tree to tree in the canopy, raucously howling and hooting and screeching. The flapping of wings above was also absolutely clamorous. Ravel had been wrong about how many would join the march, though, instead of the million paws, or feet, in the case of the birds and insects and such. By the time the animals neared the outer edge 
of the giant mining pit, they had eclipsed that number a thousandfold. It had become a billion-paw march. That was the time, though, when the trouble really began for Ravel.